Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Better Stories Season 3. This is Episode 6, and it is quite a bit different than the other episodes. I don't really have an interview on this one. Uh, It has been a pretty crazy busy month, Um, but I'm excited about this episode because I had the opportunity, part of the busyness, I had the opportunity to spend about 48 hours on the ground in Ethiopia, um, walking alongside an organization that our church partners with called Children's Hope Chest. Uh, You can find out more about these guys at hopechest.org. I will share a link to the care point that our church supports in the show notes. Um, But man, what what an incredible trip. I've been there several times, um, but just getting to go back two years removed from COVID and see kind of a broader scope of, of what this organization is doing in the country of Ethiopia was just incredible. And while I was there, I, I kind of looked around the team that I was with, and um, everybody's taken a lot of pictures, and I thought, man, wouldn't it be fun if we just recorded a bunch of uh, voice memos and turned this into a Better Stories episode? So this is uh, my Dispatches from Ethiopia, Better Stories, Season 3, Episode 6. I hope you enjoy it. sitting in a community called Awasa in the country of Ethiopia. Uh, And it's kind of a dream-like state right now. I'm sitting on a balcony and looking out over the grounds of a really, really beautiful resort. Um, So for several years, our church that I pastor has supported an organization called Children's Hope Chest. And we partner with something called a care point where uh, much like a a compassion international or a world vision we do a sponsorship model and we have about 92 children that are most of them are orphaned or vulnerable in vulnerable family situations and um, we we do a sponsorship monthly sponsorship with their sponsors but we've also taken several trips there and so in 2016 2017 I went uh, in 2000 18 and 19 my wife went we took teams um, then COVID obviously shut everything down and this is this is my first time back in Africa uh, since 2017 so it's been about five years almost five and a half years um, and I just thought for the next it's a it's a quick trip <laughs> yesterday I didn't stop moving for about 36 hours uh, from the time I left West Virginia at 3.30 in the morning to the time I got to Ethiopia. Um, We drove around all day and finally crashed last night. But I thought it would be a fun, better stories to just share some thoughts along this trip. And so, um, yeah, this is part one. 
of, of several kind of voice memos that I'm just going to make reflections, thoughts, um, stories. So her future plan is to have her own home, purchase home. Currently, as I said before, she's paid like for for a year fifteen thousand Ethiopian, but only for house rent because she has cattle and uh, she's producing that, and you know she has kind of compound. But the future plan that she has is to have her own house and to produce more more animals venture. What you're hearing is uh, one of our. One of our friends, one of the children's hope chest workers in Ethiopia, translating uh, the words of this young woman that we met at one of the care points, and he's talking about how she came from nothing, and through um, what they call self-help help groups and um, the practices of saving income, getting a microloan, she was able to start this business in the field of animal husbandry, which really means that she purchased a couple cows and now is able to provide for herself and for her family. Thank you so much. It's because of your support. My life is totally changed. And also she said that the staff of the care point is always supporting us. They are coming to our home, they encourage us, they ask us what we need, and it's also the support that we get from the care point helped me to be like this. And even I love the staff of the care point more than my child, she said. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Another woman tells us of losing her husband and being faced with the reality that she would be raising seven children on her own. So she said that she's not with her husband and before she joined Children of Justice program, I have nothing and with seven, seven children, even I, I don't have anything to sleep and I sleep you know, before before she joined options, all of the children were not going to school. But after, as I say, she has got seven children. After she joined options, three, no, two of the children will join the school and they start their school and the care point cover every cost of that. Mm-hmm. You know, she got, when she came to the sustainable program or IG intervention activity, she got five thousand bird and uh, she purchased like uh, avocado and then that with pepper and tomato and potato, and she started to purchase a huge amount from somewhere, and she started to sell for the community, and she started to earn a lot of money because of that. 
It's difficult to pick up as you listen to these recordings, but this woman received a loan from the CarePoint, um, from the support of those partnered with this CarePoint, from the money that those working at the CarePoint and the women of the community had saved. And they were able to start what they call these IGAs, these income generating activities, these small businesses. And she purchased avocados, she purchased seeds, and now she sells not only within the community, but on behalf of the community. And she's able to provide for um, all seven of her kids. This is actually my eighth time on the continent of Africa. Uh, I, I was in South Africa, the country of South Africa, right during my summer of my, my junior and senior year of high school. Um, took a three-week mission trip, and then I've been to Kenya uh, four times and Ethiopia three times. So this happens, and it's, it's funny. The thing that I, and I noticed this this morning when I walked out onto the balcony of this hotel where we're staying, that there's a smell here that is so rich and so beautiful and it's it's just really hard to describe other than to say that it's Africa um, and it's unmistakable every time I've been on this continent that smell has just been the thing that brings me back and reminds me um, and so you know it, it's it's like any special place or sacred place there are things that we notice and things that we recognize and um, for me here, that's that's the smell, and I don't ever want to take that for granted. Like how privileged I am, and and just what an amazing opportunity it is to be in this place. Uh, you know, so many will never cross cultures in that way, and I, I feel like I've just been really, and I don't mean this in any cliche of the word, but really, really blessed to be able to see a number of different countries to see Africa several times to experience different cultures uh, it's one of my favorite things in the world probably if not you know outside of my family my wife my kids um, probably my favorite thing in the world is traveling and and experiencing different cultures um, and, and I say that even aside from like vacations like vacations are awesome and I love them but I love experiencing different cultures at a, at a deeper level. And so that's what these trips are all about, is just watching, observing, listening, uh, talking, hearing, tasting, all, all the senses that we have that God's given us to just step into that um, place wherever we are and, and have those new experiences. And the other thing that, that I'm just thinking about this morning, and, and this is my exposure to those within African ministries and the African church. Um, every time I'm here, I'm deeply, deeply convicted of or by their dependence on God in their lives. Um, and I'm convicted because I think about how little I truly depend on God. And this is the cliche, right? Like we see these these places in these countries that are in abject poverty or third world existence and you know everyone comes back talking about how happy they are or how much they trust God and, and but it's just so true like I had through my jet lag yesterday probably 25 conversations and all of them all of them the phrases thank God 
by God's grace, the Lord provided. All of these phrases just continually come out. And it is just so, so, so convicting and so good for me to hear those things. So uh, the first is about self-awareness. So in self-awareness, we are conducting the training. Just the, the youth should identify themselves, the weakness that they have, the strength that they have, and who am I, and so on. And self-esteem, self-confidence, critical thinking, problem solving, uh, decision making. Uh, environmental protection, time management, resource management. These are some of the topic of the training. So, uh, is this new to them? Yes. They've never. Most of them are not heard before. Okay. You know, even even after you join the university, you may learn like biology, chemistry, mathematics, and so on. But. In our curriculum, we don't have such kind of topics, and even in university. So, in order to have such kind of skill, you have to train somewhere, or you have to read different kind of books in order to have such kind of knowledge. So, uh, based on the, this topic, all care points prepare the plan, and based on that plan, they conduct the training for seven weeks. This this is summer here and the school is closed so all users are spending time in the area that they are living playing football or something so discussing with the care point staff three times per a week they spend the time in the care points one of the conversations we had in in one of these care points had to do with um, the leaders of the care point encouraging and training and teaching the children um, especially the young ladies, uh, that older marriage is okay. And, and we heard that phrase, elderly marriage or older marriage, and asked for some clarification on what that meant. Um, and it sounds like one of the issues is that in this, this community that we were in, it's very, very common for the girls to, to be marrying when they're 14 years old. 13, 14, 15 years old. And so part of the training that the care point is offering, as well as, you know, supplying food and education and basic needs, is that they're teaching empowerment of these young women um, to develop to develop a, a worldview that sees themselves as deserving to wait until they're older so that they can... Uh, maybe gain some stability, maybe not be given to marriage at such a young age that they might find some financial stability, relational stability along the way. Um, so as we had that conversation, there was this, there was this, this phrase that, that the leaders talked about where they basically said, we don't just do the projects here, but we want to expand the impact to change the entire community. And I was just so struck by that. I, I'm sitting right now, it's about 5.30 p.m. and I'm sitting at our resort and I'm looking out on this just picture perfect lake, like so serene, so beautiful, um, could not be a better place. And I'm struck with this country is 
if not the most gorgeous, one of the most gorgeous places I've ever been. Um, just absolutely beautiful mountains and greenery and agriculture and wildlife and you can hear it, right? Like you can hear it even as I'm sitting here that there's this strange Ethiopian jazz music and the birds are flying over and the water is just amazing. Um, but it's also a country of incredible brokenness and, you know, poverty like nothing we've ever seen. And so to be a part of something that uh, is really looking at not just immediate needs, which are important and crucial, but also long-term community-shaping, community-changing, worldview-transforming impact. You know, before some years, she was doing nothing. But in the same time, what she's doing here, you know, maybe after some months, she's going to harvest from here. So then she will, you know, sit here like cabbage, onion, and so on. Wow. And she said that before she was not doing such kind of things here, but currently she's doing that. Uh, you know, it's not only giving some seed and uh, something like that here, but also the thinking, the attitude that she has is totally changed. And she, she believed that she is the one who's going to change her life. Yes. Oh, yeah. She become responsible for herself and for yes, her family. That makes that's difference. also, you know, that's why she's doing everything. You know, she's believed that I can work and I can change. If my time in Ethiopia was about anything, if, if the work of Children's Hope Chest is about anything, it was about seeing empowerment. It was about seeing people start to believe, start to find hope that their lives can be changed because of multiple factors, because other people care about them, because God cares about them, and ultimately because they can do something about it. It was absolutely incredible to see story after story after story, young man, young woman after young woman after young woman, empowered simply by the people around them, the organization around them, and the God around them believing in them. We see a beautiful young girl who is changing the future of Ethiopia. You have it in you because the Lord loves you. And, and you can step out in confidence all the time. Okay? So be proud. Be confident. All right? All right. <laughs>